Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 213, Your Urban Legends, second, 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 chances, 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 chances. Well, I love that. That was great. (laughs) What an incredible effect. Do you know, Julia, when um, you're watching like the Great British Bake Off or something Mm -hmm. and, you know, someone's eliminated or it's the end of the season and then they like flash back to all of the contestants or maybe years later you rewatch a season and you're like, damn, what is that person doing now? Like, I'd love to just catch up with them. That's what this is, because A, we are doing a full month of your urban legends. Whoa. And we could not be more excited. You've asked for it. We love doing these also. And so we're like, hey, what better way to start off this godforsaken year um, a little bit better than the last one uh, than a full month of urban legends? And B, this, your urban legend second chances is where we get to revisit letters that have come in in the past and see what the person is up to now. There's follow-up. What's been going on? Is there a second more creepier haunting that happened later that they emailed us about? That's what we're doing in second chances. I'm so stoked. I love the idea of revisiting the past during the beginning of January. What a, what a great concept. And I'm so, so excited that we're going to be doing a month of urban legends. That is so much fun. And I know it's one of our listeners' favorite segments. Absolutely. And also, Julia, among my favorite segments, um, that's what I call people sometimes, uh, are our new patrons, Madtown Charity, Anne, Alex, Amy, Kate, Allison, Wayne, and Elizabeth, as well as our supporting producer-level patrons, Alicia, Allison, Deborah, Hannah, Jen, Jessica, Keegan, Nieselkins, Liz, Megan Linger, Phil Fresh, Polly, Sarah, Skyla, and Sammy Todd. We are so grateful to be ringing in the new year with you, and we hope that we can spend the rest of the year with you as well. And thanks, as always, to our enduring support a whole nother year legend level patrons audra drew francis jack marie key lada mark morgan necrofancy renegade and bme up scotty if father time and the baby new year came together and created a whole <laughs> perfect person and a whole perfect year it would be yeah. all those legends ah they're amazing amanda speaking of the new year Is there something new and exciting you've been watching, listening to, reading lately? Yes, I got to do one of my favorite things this weekend, which is watch or consume an adaptation of a thing I already love. And I know that's very high stakes, like when your favorite book becomes a movie Mm. or something, but I appreciate it as like a different look at the theme or the characters or the spirit that I loved so much. So I was so excited when Jules, my favorite historical romance series ever, Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series, (gasps) was adapted into a Netflix show. I just watched the first two episodes with my friend Jordan the other night over uh, FaceTime and oh my God, so good. I am, oh God, incredible. It is. It's produced by Shondaland. And uh, that sort of like, I don't know, something about Shondaland shows have like a a slightly heightened reality. Like everything's a little bit more intense. It's very artistic. Like even the lighting, I think, is like highly saturated a lot of the time. And this is just so well done. They have some really interesting departures from the original books. But overall, I think they really get at the spirit of those novels so well. So my recommendation this week is either to watch the Bridgerton series on Netflix, if that is something you enjoy, or if you prefer reading or want to pick up a historical romance for the first time or listen to the audiobook. The books are fantastic. There are like 15 of them or something. Uh, there's seven in the original series and then a bunch of follow-ups and like a sister series about like a different family that's related. Mm. So if you want to just kind of inhabit a fictional universe and read a novel that kind of never ends, this is for you. Uh, to pitch it for you, if you haven't seen anything about it yet, it's like if Gossip Girl took place in Pride and Prejudice times. Yes. Yeah, that's it. It's very good. It's, that's it. It's very good. 
And finally this week, we just want to let you know that if you, like me, kind of feel the urge to start new projects at the beginning of the year and you just want some guidance or some inspiration or to read more about how internet projects come together, Multitude has dozens of free articles, resources, and templates to help you with your creative endeavors. Just go to multitude.productions, click on the resources tab, and you can read our articles, watch uh, recordings of panels that we've given at paid conferences so you, without paying anything, can enjoy those panels too. Get our, our accounting templates. I love my accounting template. Please <laughs> tell me if you like it. Everything you might need is right there for you to enjoy. We also have the Podcaster Starter Kit, which I think is the perfect like gift to yourself for 2021 if you're planning on starting a podcast this year. And it's $35 and it's got hours and hours and hours of content and like actionable things that you can do to make your show better. It's it's great. Amanda and Eric Silver spent so much time putting it together and it is so impressive. Thank you. All the info that you might possibly need is in the free articles. But if you want somebody putting together like here are some lesson plans, here are some workshops, here's what you actually need to know and don't need to know. And like, this is all you got to do to start a podcast and kind of walk you through that. Um, that is what we made the starter kit for. It's great. Well, Julia, I don't think I've looked forward to a month of spirits more than I am now. I cannot wait for these. These letters are buck wild. We are having so much fun recording these episodes. So as our gift to you, everybody, we hope you enjoy this month of Urban Legends extravaganza spectacular, starting with your Urban Legends Second Chances. Hello, contestants. It's me, Jeff Probst, uh, best reality TV show host in the world. Um, and we are here with some of our favorite contestants from previous seasons of Hometown Urban Legends for Urban Legends Second Chances. Does the winner get a million dollars? Because I don't think we can promise that on the show. The winner gets um, a million um, symbolic dollars because all money's made <laughs> oh. up. So we can just say, here's a gift. And there's no gold standard anymore. And here we are. Yeah. So a million symbolic dollars and a million dollars are kind of the same thing. If you subscribe but to capitalism. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's explain what second chances are here in this case. These are listeners that have written before. We may or may not have read their emails before. And now we are giving updates because they have sent in a second email with those updates. I don't know if you guys, I some of mine have uh, the original email included, so I'll read a bit of that and we'll be able to do an update. Some of them might just be updates without any real context. So it's very exciting. We're just going to be updating you guys on a bunch of the different things that people have written in before and uh, see how see how our listeners' lives have changed. I've got an email from 2018. So I'm sure we've got some old ones Ooh. in here because uh, yeah, got to dig through the archives sometimes. Spicy. Absolutely. I have a 2018 as well. Well, it's a it's a new year. We got some second chances for getting to know these stories and live in these worlds and, and hear from these conspirators. So who would like to kick us off? So mine is actually from Allie, who you might remember was the one that sent in the haunted Build-A-Bear story and also mm. about how her cat freaked out because of something in their basement. I do remember the Haunted Build-A-Bear. This yeah. also was the one that we had a really passionate debate about Reese's products. <laughs> mm. Mm. If you'll recall, Allie would like to know that she is a uh, team classic Reese's cups all the way. 
and agrees Smart. with me. So Smart. it's not why I picked this one, but I'm not <laughs> saying... <laughs> I like to be right. Anyway, so Allie writes, I wish I had something to say about Bob the Bear Builder, but he's been pretty quiet as of late. But I do have an update on Kuroko the Clairvoyant Kitty. Quick summary. When I bought Kuroko home as a baby, she would go down into the basement and meow at something no one could figure out. I salted the hell out of my basement, literally, I hope, and hoped for the best. Honestly, it has just become part of my routine. Get up, make breakfast, follow Kuroko to the basement to make sure there weren't any demons in my washing machine. You know, as one does. I didn't think much of it. As Kuriko got older, however, she picked up another spooky habit. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Ooh. My family is full of notorious pack rats, myself included, so we never got rid of a lot of stuff. Smokey's old food bowl, I imagine that's her old cat, was still tucked away near the laundry room where we had stashed it. I had bought Kuroko a new one when I got her because giving my new kitten a hand-me-down food bowl from my dead cat seemed just a tad morbid even for me. Fair. But I just couldn't bring myself to throw it away. Yeah, I know, I get sentimental over a food bowl. It's very sweet. I get it. I understand. My mom still has our dog's old collar, so I get it. Anyway, I started noticing Kuriko leaving stuff by the food bowl. Her favorite thing to play with was bottle caps, and a lot of those were suddenly being left around there. I didn't really think much of it. Of course, my cat would be a hoarder just like the rest of us. She put her bottle caps there, her little stuffed fishy toy. I even watched her steal a ball of yarn about the size of her head and stash it down there. Then, one day, as I was bringing down a load of laundry, I saw something neon orange sitting by the bowl. Smokey's favorite toy was those balls that would float in the pool, and they had just been littered around the house because, like I said in the previous story, Smokey was really good at hiding things. Kuroko had found one of them, and I had never seen her really play with them. She had taken one of them, though, and put them by Smokey's bowl, just like a little offering. Cute. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Smokey had decided to stick around. We had rescued him when he was just six weeks old. He had been found abandoned underneath a car during a thunderstorm, and the poor little guy was traumatized his whole life. We were the first people to make him feel safe. Not only that, but at the risk of sounding cliche, him and I had a bond. When I saw him at the pet store, the employee said that nobody really wanted him because he had six toes on each paw, which is very cute. And also there's a word for that that I'm forgetting. It's like pterodactyl or something like that, where they had the extra toes. Like Ernest Hemingway's house in Key West was famous for being overrun with all these like six-fingered cats. It's very cute. Anyway. Oh, gosh. uh, Pirates used to consider those kind of cats to be lucky, but I guess the tradition didn't stick around. I am the literal personification of the island of misfit toys, so of course, I adopted him. They had actually found him on my birthday, June 6th. I'm sure there's some sort of symbolism for all the sixes, but we'll shelve that for now. So we celebrated our birthdays together. He wasn't too thrilled about me trying to put a party hat on him, though. Kuriko was in the same boat when I adopted her. People are superstitious, and they didn't want to adopt a black cat. I'll never know for sure, but I'm choosing to believe that Smokey stuck around, and even though he scared her at first, Kuriko tried to make him feel better with his favorite toy. And I think it worked, because lately, I've been woken up by what I think is Kuriko jumping on my bed. But of course, nothing is there when I look. Stay safe, guys. Allie. Allie, what a sweet update. Thank you. It is very cute. I love little cat offerings to the ghost cat. It is adorable. That makes me think of like, is there a hierarchy of like pet ghosts? Hmm. 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 Like, hmm. like there's an alpha pet ghost in the house. In well, a more like, house? I guess, like, are there are there human ghosts 
not a hierarchy, I guess. Okay. But are there human ghosts and then like pet ghosts and then like tree ghosts? Ooh. Trees are alive. People forget that. Now, now we're we're kind of creating like a um, like a scientific identification system for ghosts here. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. 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 I like. It. That's where this whole thing has been heading. Obviously. Obviously, that is just the the tipping point of our podcast. I was thinking uh, before we started recording if I had any like personal spooky experiences that I could bring to the fore in terms of like updating you know you on on our lives um, and not really but. I am sometimes startled in my own home by like a sudden movement out the corner of my eye, which is almost always a plant dropping a leaf. Um, so that's just where <laughs> mm, I'm at. Yes. That's how you can tell you don't have pets, Amanda, and probably didn't grow up no. with pets. That the no, no, fastest no. moving thing besides your partner is a, a leaf falling from your plant. Yes, this is true. This comes to us from Catherine. And they have a, uh, a spoopy hometown urban legend update, and they've uh, included the original one in. I don't think we read the original, so I'll read that, and then I'll read the update as well. So the original came in 2017, and this came in 2018. So that's we've got so, so, that's so maybe long even ago. more has, has come since then. Fabulous. Um, but this, this story is about uh, the Ridgeview ghost. And the Ridgeview Girl. Mm. So these are all uh, summer camp legends from Camp Tahali. And uh, so here, here, here they go. There are two cabins at Tahali. Over the summer, the boys stay at Lakeview while us girls stay at Ridgeview. This legend is particularly interesting because I know three real people with three real accounts of this girl. Spoiler, I'm one of them. <gasps> So this little girl at the girl's cabin has several backstories. Some say she was a young camper who drowned. Some say she was a young camper who died when the previous Ridgeview building burned down. There was never a building that burned down as far as any sources I could find. Mm. And some say she died long before Tahali even existed. Anyway, she died, but she won't leave the cabin. <laughs> all in all, the Ridgeview girl, who I call Iris, is perfectly harmless. She's left footprints, and sometimes people see her full body as an apparition, but n she never hurts anyone. In fact, the encounters I've had with her, she seems either lonely or like a prankster. A close friend of mine hates that I have a name for her. I would agree if I have ever felt a little threatened by her. Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Where did Iris come from? I'm just saying, like, you're, you're being haunted by a ghost, and you're like, mm, okay, well... I can't find out anything about this ghost. I don't know what their name is, so Iris. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Maybe Iris's grew around I mean, there. It's such a, it's like such a distinct name, I feel like. I feel like usually when people are naming their their house ghosts, it's like George. I'm into it. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like a nice fancy name for the for the ghost. It does feel fancy. It is a fancy yeah. name, Iris. It feels appropriately Victorian to me. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel like hippie. Hippie is what I think of when I think of Iris for some yeah, reason. Yeah, hippie is like is like the, the coming back around of those names. I mm. feel that naming after flowers is a very like archaic tradition, but also therefore like hip and new. So whenever I hear like Rose, Myrtle, like whatever those names are, you know, that are that are vaguely floral or botanical, they always seem to me like either a really hip toddler or someone's grandma. <laughs> Love a good hip toddler. You really want to name that can age with you. Their little Carhartt jackets. <laughs> yeah. So here are uh, her encounters with, with Iris. Two staff members named Bobby and Slats were cleaning Ridgeview before Whoa. the campers Hold on, we need to talk about Slats real quick. <laughs> Let's come back. You knew it, Eric. I, I saw it in your Slats, face. I don't know if Slats is a nickname or someone's last name. It is spelled with a Z. 
So that seems like particularly like a real name because of that, but also could just be the 90s and people were like Z at the end of it. <laughs> I think I love it's it. probably a last name, but still Bobby and yeah. Slats. I'm super into Bobby it. Bobby and Slats. Slats was sweeping and mopping the main area while Bobby was working to clean the bathrooms. He was in the staff bathroom when he heard the shower turn on in one of the campers' bathrooms. All right, hold on. Slats Con- feels like the name of a 90s villain in a movie like Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm going to say yeah. that it sounds like a like a C-tier network's procedural. Like their answer to Rizzoli and Isles, Bobby and Slats. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Don't tell me you wouldn't. Confused, Slats went to check to find the room empty. Lights on, shower running. Now, the pipes in Ridgeview are all older than my mother, so the real evidence comes from what Bobby noticed on his way out. There were little footprints made of water leading from the shower to the door. Bobby called to Slats, who had very big feet, and asked him (laughs) if he had been down in the bathroom. (laughs) Slats said no. The more I learn about Slats, the more I love him. I know. What he didn't tell Bobby at the time, however, was that he had seen footprints in the places he had just mopped. The tiny little footprints Whoa. of a barefoot child. Slats, come on. Slats, you got to lead with that information. There's story one. And here's, here's a few more before we get to the okay. update. Next, my friend Char saw Iris terrifyingly in the middle of the night. She was sleeping in Ridgeview as a counselor for the junior campers. Campers aged second grade to fifth grade that only stay for a weekend. Char woke up in the middle of the night because she felt there was something sitting on her bed. When she opened her eyes, someone was leaning over her face. Somehow, in her infinite fearless, Char only asked what the child was standing over her wanted. The child simply said, oh, I didn't mean to wake you up and straight up vanished into thin air. What? It talked back? Char managed to fall back asleep and told people the next morning. What? I ain't falling asleep. No way. No way. No way. Not a chance. And finally, Catherine's uh, first experience with the ghost. My friends and I were in the craft cabin. The cabin was right next to Ridgeview, and the craft cabin had no sink, so for water, we needed to go over to Ridgeview. The first time we needed water, I went alone with one of my friends. When we got to the cabin... We were confused to find the lights in the sleeping area still on. We thought nothing of it, turned the lights off, and got our water. When we went back to the main area, the lights we had just turned off were back on. Uh Fairly spooked, we left. On our way out, my friend snapped a picture and to this day claimed she saw a figure in the light of the flash. Mm. A little later, we needed some water and... So me and my friend went back to get more. Go to a different cabin. I mean, there's probably only so many cabins. You can only go to so many cabins. And you want to go to the closest one. Or go to the one that's not haunted. I don't know. <laughs> or I mean, don't use like water. It sounds like a lot of places in this place are haunted. Shower with a wet nap and uh, drink like a uh, high sea. Isn't that what you're at camp to do? We brought with us another friend, Nico. Everyone's got a good name. Everyone's got a good name. good name. Char, Nico, killing it. Slap. Listen, guys, I just, I, I don't know what the update is, but as my imagination is running wild with this scenario, I just want to put out there the gang gets back together at summer camp. We're all in our 40s. We've, uh, you know, had some life experiences. Slats is still a groundskeeper. And we all come back together to solve a mystery. Julia, you look very pensive. Amanda, you're basically suggesting a. Stephen King's It sequel. Yeah, and I don't it's a like real, it. <laughs> it's a real horror movie setup. Yeah, but 
just think about it. It'd be very entertaining. Remember that ghost that we all experienced as children? Let's go back to that camp yeah. and experience the ghostian, says Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> well, Nico falls right into this one of these tropes because uh, Nico is weirdly in touch with creepy things. There we go. <laughs> Nico is uh, is a female, apparently. Okay. Which typically, I, maybe it's it might be short for Nicole, and they're calling her Nico. Sure. Char, um, Nico. I love these names. Mm-hmm. She swore she heard a voice whispering the whole time we were there. The lights were back off, except in the staff bathroom, where they were on now. We got the water as fast as we could and ran out of the cabin. Finally, we had to go back to wash our brushes, and there were lots of people with us this time, and besides some more light shenanigans, nothing really happened. Nico told me it was because there were so many of us. Ah. Now, every time I walk into Ridgeview, I make sure to say hello to Iris. Don't know if that's actually her name, but she's had plenty of opportunities to correct me. So... Well, the ghost isn't really talking. They were only whispering to, to Nico. And yeah. it probably wasn't very specific whispers or uh, yeah. comprehensible whispers. Can I, can I just ha- have a little thought here for a second? Go for it. Why can't ghosts help us with their whispers? Why is it always creepy or incomprehensible shit? Why can't they whisper to me during the PSAT the answers to the math section? Well, one, because mm. whispering is inherently creepy. Yes, it is. I stand by this. This is why I don't like ASMR. <laughs> the PSAT. Yeah. Not even the SAT, just the practice <laughs> <No>. one. <laughs> oh, Amanda doesn't want. Amanda doesn't want to cheat. I took the PSAT several times because it was really fun for me. Um, but Amanda. I think in a different person, <laughs> in a different scenario, or like me taking my like stockbroker exam and trying to remember how to calculate interest on like depreciating bonds or whatever, would have really appreciated a nice ghost who just wanted to be helpful and uh, studied subject matter and wants to just give me a helpful little whisper. Fair enough. I feel Fair like enough. this is my this is my answer to your question. I feel like ghosts have different priorities. <laughs> Probably so. It's like, yeah, maybe there is a ghost of a stockbroker, you know, haunting your exam. But he's probably like, tell my wife I love her. Not the answer is 3%. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I think if I were a ghost, I would want to be helpful in that way, though. Probably I would creep people out with my whispering because it's whispering, though, mm-hmm. and it would be self-defeating. Fair. Back to the update. It's been two or three years since my first encounter with the Ridgeview girl. Stories told about her have gotten scarce, and I wondered if that was because we were old enough or that they weren't scary or what. But honestly, it made me a little sad. Her story was the only story at camp I was sure of and the only story that I in any way had ever connected to. Anyways, this was my last year at camp because I'm an adult now. We have like young listeners. Yes, yes, we do. And it always throws me off. My letter is from a 13-year-old. Oh, boy. (laughs) I know. Oh, geez. This person probably could drink alcohol at this point legally. This email's from a a few years old. Maybe. At least for Julia and me. Julia, if we had had our current 27 and 8-year-old selves when we were 13, we would have turned uh, out so much more. I feel like all of my inherent, you know, creepy, cool endeavors would have been like really kicked up several notches. Oh, we'd be up to 11. We'd, yeah, we'd probably own pet crows. I would definitely have like a pomegranate tattoo somewhere. Yeah. 
Don't make fun of me. I'm going to get one of those eventually. No, I want one. I was saying to, to the artist you found for me who has since done both of my arms. Like, God, pomegranates are just made for like symbolism and beautiful tattooing. We're, we're going to we're going to mold the, the youth into yes. better versions of us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Earlier. We, we have uh, intersectional feminism. We are trans inclusive queers. We love uh, we love taking down capitalism. Like what's not to love? The arc of this show is but a wild people. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, let's get drunk and talk about Hades and Persephone. And now we're like, capitalism, no. <laughs> the first three minutes of this episode were anti-capitalist. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good, pretty good this time. So anyways, this was their last year at camp, as I said, and they decided that they weren't going to beat around the bush with the ghost girl anymore. Okay. okay. So when I was sent again to get water from Ridgeview alone, I paid attention to the lights. They were all on. And we were all seasoned campers, so I am certain we did not make this mistake. I really like the idea of this person's like, I'm not going to beat around the bush with this ghost girl anymore. It feels like the same energy as people who are like, it's the last day of high school and I'm going to tell that girl that I love her. But with just finding a ghost. But with a ghost, yeah. I love it. I was also certain that that meant that the ghost girl was here. I said out loud, hey, Iris, I'm just coming to wash my hands. There was no response, so I shrugged and went to the bathrooms. On my way out of the cabin, I heard someone say, Kath, and the door slammed behind me. The door slam wasn't anything unusual, but I know I was in there alone. So the voice was something unexpected. It didn't sound like a person's voice either. It sounded like a voice in my head, like the voice when you're just thinking, except it definitely wasn't my voice. Oh no. Before I could think to go back in, a friend called me away. And when we went back there that night, all the lights were off. That would have been all, but I got the opportunity to go back to Camp to Holly just for a weekend. I stayed up till 1am with some friends before heading back to sleep in Ridgeview. When I laid down, I immediately felt weird. In my head, I said, Iris, please go away. We can play some other time, but now I need to sleep. And for the first time, she responded. (gasps) I also like that the ghost knows her name. It's like, ah, yes, I remember you. Holly said that weird, not mine voice. I don't know why, but I knew it was her finally correcting (gasps) me. Sorry to have used the wrong name all these years, but I really do need to sleep. I have a wedding to go to tomorrow. I responded in my head. She giggled. I honestly had a lot of questions now that there was an actual conversation, (laughs) but I was so tired. Even as I fell asleep, I'm sure Holly stayed by my side. I can almost convince myself she's by my side right now. Still a botanical name. I'm telling you, they're really on the right track. If in doubt, guess a botanical name for a ghost. (laughs) It's a good good vibe. New the our our first big advice for the for the new year for 2021. If you're gonna guess a ghost name, guess a botanical name. 20, 2020 was the year of stay ignorant. I think that was 2020. Yeah, time has lost all meaning. Probably it was a long year. Who knows? Yeah, or like phase phase one of urban legends was stay ignorant. Phase two, when in doubt, guess a botanical name. There you go. If anyone out there is trying to name a a, a kid or a pet or a house. Go Botanical. Anyway, those are her favorite stories from camp. There are more. There's actually an abandoned prison very close to the property. Oh. So if you want more, let me know. We would happily take more. Now that we finally got to the first round of updates on this email chain, please send in another and, and we will not wait for the uh, for the next roundup, second chances, third chances even. So we'll just we'll just uh, if you have if you have an update, send, send it our way. Oh, bless. I love that. I know when I was searching the word update in the inbox, lots of emails end with, I'll keep you updated or I can send updates if you want them. Answer's always yes, folks. 
I feel like we've been on a journey. Are you guys ready for a refill? Hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Julia, I'm not a person who has ever really looked forward to showers. They are not like an exciting or like relaxing time for me necessarily. Just kind of like, oh, yeah, I got to do this before I like go to work or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I found myself over the long weekend um, of the, you know, New Year's Day into the weekend and now back to work. I took showers voluntarily on my days off when I did not have to and actually look forward to them because I had a new function of beauty shampoo to try out. And I was like, damn, I cannot wait to try this out and be enveloped in a gentle uh, cloud of scent and have my very short hair that somehow still gets greasy from time to time treated with the function of beauty plan. Well, your hair looks great. I can see you through the webcam and it looks fantastic. Thank you so much. Function of Beauty, as you may know, everybody, is the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. The deal is that you take a quick but very thorough quiz online to tell them about your hair type and your hair goals. And they also let you choose your color and your fragrance, or you can go either fragrance or dye free if that's something that you're looking out for. Plus, subscribers, so someone who gets the products, you know, every so often, like on a regular schedule, get access to more exclusive colors, which is amazing because they have so many good ones already, and scents. Then their team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it to you along with fun seasonal stickers, which I put on my new notebook, Mm -hmm. and all the instructions you need. So never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash spirits to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash spirits to let them know you heard about it on our show and to get 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash spirits. Amanda, I am coming up on the second year of living in my current apartment and I am starting to realize that it gets real cold in my office which I was not expecting because when we moved in it was pretty warm and at the same time I realized I don't have a lot of warm comfy clothes to be wearing when I work from home and so luckily I got an email from Stitch Fix being like hey your new box is coming. You need anything? And I'm like, yes, Stitch Fix. In fact, I do. And I just requested as many comfy sweaters and like joggers and sweatpants as I possibly could function with. And I am so looking forward to when my Stitch Fix box arrives. And if you haven't heard our Stitch Fix ads before on this show, Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique style, size, and budget. It's a completely different and like super fun way of finding clothes that you will love to wear. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it is the super easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. You can try pieces on at home before you buy them. You only keep what you love and then you return what you don't. And Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges and a prepaid return envelope is included. So I don't have to wait in line at the post office. I can just drop it off and then go. It's amazing. And their $20 styling fee is automatically credited toward any pieces you keep from your box. No hidden fees. They're really straightforward, which we love. So get started today at stitchfix.com spirits to get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com com slash spirits for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash spirits. 
And finally, we are sponsored this week by BetterHelp. And I love the fact that they are back for another year, that they are sponsoring so many episodes of the show, because this is a message that I want everybody to start this year with, is you deserve to get help for your mental health. You deserve support on the things that you are going through and a person who is trained to listen to you and help you and only you. I get my better help through BetterHelp. They assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. That was a mistake, but I'm going to keep it in because it's cute. I do my therapy through BetterHelp and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's neither a crisis line nor self-help, but professional counseling done securely online. The service is available worldwide, so if you live outside the U.S. and you don't usually get the chance to take advantage of our sponsors, this could be a really good one for you to try. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, so it's not like you're just waiting for your next appointment to come and hoping you remember all the things that happened in the last week or two weeks. You get to send messages and correspond with them if that it makes you less anxious to start out with when you're starting therapy. They're also more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which I think is awesome. So listen, BetterHelp and I both want you to start living a happier life today. Go to betterhelp.com spirits to join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. At betterhelp.com spirits, you'll get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, betterhelp.com slash spirits for 10% off your first month. And now let's get back to the show. Well, everybody, what are we drinking in this very special Second Chances, Your Urban Legends, part one of four for the month, Bonanza? Well, I, we're doing, we're doing a bit of an early morning recording on this one. So I am uh, drinking some Baileys with my coffee. Ooh, hell yeah. I love that. I am also drinking a hot beverage with alcohol in it. Uh, mine is this incredible tea that we got when we were in Portland two years ago, I guess now. Yeah. Uh, mm, yes. It's called uh, Smith Tea Makers, and they have this great herbal blend called Big Hibiscus. And when you brew that and add a little bit of gin to it and the squeeze of lime, extremely good. Delicious. And I am rounding out with some uh, PG Tips, which is my British tea of note um, or of choice with a little bit of whiskey in it, of course. Mm, good choice. Good choices nice. all around, y'all. All right. Well, we have an update from Martika on an email we didn't read on the show. So I'll start with the older one. So this came in uh, in August of last year, 2020, from Martika and the subject living with a ghost. Ooh. Hey, guys, this isn't really an urban legend or a myth, but more something I experienced firsthand. I just listened to one of the urban legend episodes and thought I would share this with you guys. Probably about six months ago, I was up in bed late struggling to get to sleep. I had the heavy feeling that I was being watched and felt like there was something else in the room with me. I didn't think much of it as I'd been feeling like this since me and my family moved into this house. Martika, darling, that means probably there. You pay more attention to it. Might be a ghost. But when I rolled over on my other side, I saw the face of a woman watching me with her chin resting on the edge of my bed. Hey, not great. Not great. We get a lot of uh, feeling like people are watching you or like sitting down on the bed as you're in bed. Um, anecdotes and stories. Those are creepy to me. But the idea of somebody just resting their chin on the edge of your bed, just being like, I'm here is terrifying no, to me. No, 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 no. I laid there too scared and surprised to move for another few seconds before she smiled at me and then started to fade away. I remained in bed for another minute or so until I was sure she was gone before leaving my room to go talk to my mom. I don't think she believed me until she saw how much this had freaked me out. I ended up going back to bed with my old nightlight on and haven't been able to sleep without it since. To avoid humiliation, I would like to add that I'm only 13 and have been raised not to believe in ghosts and other paranormal beings. Anyway... 
I've also seen the shadow of a man by my wardrobe, though this may have been just my imagination as I had just woken up when I saw it. I'm pretty sure there is something living in my room because sometimes when I'm cuddling with my dog in bed, usually listening to the Spirits podcast, she has had her eyes locked on one corner of my room in particular. This may not seem strange, but when we are patting her and calling her name, she'll look at us. But when I was calling her name and cuddling her in those moments, she refused to look at me and kept her eyes locked on sat something. This has happened several times and never in any other room, just mine. My older brother's also admitted to me that in every house we've ever lived in, he has had an interaction with a ghost. Um, that is something that <laughs> someone should have been telling you way sooner. My mom has also told me that she has seen the ghost of a small oh child in the house in Roxby Downs, South Australia, where she used to live. Oh my God, this family is haunted. So that was the end of the first email. Um, and Martika, I'm really glad you wrote back because I, I was very concerned. So here is the update, which came in September. So just a few weeks after the first one. Hey, guys, I was listening to the Hometown Urban Legends episode where you talked a little bit about the invisible friend, the clown in the attic or something, which somehow reminded me of my situation. I have talked to my Nana and she has shown me some pictures of her sister who died at 41 years old and they look almost exactly identical. The photos of her were when she was younger. So it makes sense that they looked a little different. And as not to give away, too much family information, I'll call her Aunt Marge. Anyway, I've often seen her all around the place, not just in my room or even my house. I've seen her around my school a few times as well. What? Multiple location ghost, never a good sign. No, that means you're haunted, not the place, <laughs> you. I know this is not just in my head either, because after I saw her in the school kitchen during cooking class, I saw her behind the counter. But when I looked up, she disappeared. I just shrugged it off and went back to chopping onions before one of my friends, let's call her Samantha, came up to me and asked if I saw that strange young woman standing behind the counter. Obviously, I was a little freaked out. But then I talked to her about seeing Aunt Marge that night, and she told me she too had been feeling and seeing ghosts, spirits, and guardian angels since she was a little girl. I've also been feeling the presence of someone or something throughout the house. And when I got home from school this afternoon, I heard footsteps coming down the driveway. After I got inside, I went through the hallway into my room and heard footsteps behind me. But I knew it wasn't my dog because they sounded distinctly human. I turned around and no one was there. Then at that moment, there was a loud bang on the roof. When I went to the bathroom, the door to my brother's room creaked open again, which only happens when I'm home alone. The dog hasn't shown any signs of intruder, so not sure what's going on. Thank you so much for giving me something to listen to while I'm bored. Stay creepy and cool. Oh, there's so much happening here. There's so much happening. Uh, on a positive note, I like the, you know, the thing where it's like queer people find queer people even yes. before they know they're queer. Um, I like this as like, you know, paranormal sensitive people find other paranormal sensitive people. And that's extremely cute and uh, a little a little scary, but uh, very good. And I'm just going to ignore the rest of the things that happened there because <laughs> no, bad, 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 bad. I uh, I really love that moment. Like there are those moments where the creepiness factor um, expands or when like the scope of the problem is wider than you thought it was originally. And just like the changing of context or the violating of things that had been taught to you as like inherent rules just feels so transgressive and scary and like upping the ante and seeing this uh, a there's a photograph of this ghost. That's scary. B seeing them in the cafeteria at school is just like next level, not to mention the friend validating that. I just, wow. I, I have a thing. Mm -hmm. Are cafeterias of schools just kind of haunted? They're very creepy. I feel like liminal space. Yes, they're very much a liminal space. But like, I feel like sometimes you like see some, because like I, ours, our, our high school is quite large. So like it was a pretty big cafeteria. So like, I think we had to serve like, I don't know, 
1700 kids over like four periods so like 400 people in there at a time usually and i feel like sometimes you just see something in the distance that always looked a bit off yeah i i i now really thinking about how spooky high school cafeterias can be are you suggesting that there was like a dimensional rift in your high school cafeteria maybe mine in particular no i'm just saying they're weird places so the idea of seeing another weird thing in uh, a cafeteria tracks for me they're also just like places of chaos right they are i was just thinking that it's like a, a place where the rules are are temporary or suspended particularly when like in our high school after freshman year you could go off campus for lunch there's people like coming and going there's like clubs like hanging posters and all kinds of stuff people will do like speeches or fundraising or whatever so it really is a place where like all the different you know ages and classes and like academic tracks mix and i think that is a real recipe for chaos Um, additionally i think it's creepy because it's industrial you know like the those kitchens are all stainless steel like bulk cooking King. My my grandmother, my dad's mom was a lunch lady, and he said she would sometimes bring home like five gallon cans of like fruit salad, you know, like fruit salad and syrup. Um, and so just the, the size of things, I feel, is all particularly for a kid. It just feels like you're in a different place with like all the proportions of things that, you know, are just thrown off. Yeah, that, that's fair. Everything seems larger than you've ever experienced before. And that's yeah. valid. So I have one and then the follow up to another one. And they were sent like two months apart. So I'm really excited to kind of dig into these. And these come from Shan, who the uh, the first one that she wrote was creepy ghost girl won't let me fucking wee. I love it. Oh boy, that's something. So she writes, hello friends from sunny Zimbabwe. My name's Shan and I've been creeping on your cool podcast for the last two years now. I recently started listening to the hometown urban legends episodes on Spotify while cooking and cleaning because nothing suits scrubbing dishes and bathroom floors better than spooky kids and shadow men. Couldn't agree more. Speaking of dead children, yikes. I have a spooky paranormal experience I want to share with you involving a mischievous little girl and a haunted restaurant with a name that's a little too on the nose. So this story happened when I was around 13 or 14 and has given me a deeply ingrained anxiety about going into unfamiliar bathrooms alone. My dad had taken me and his girlfriend at the time out for a latish lunch at a place I'd never been to before, a pub and a restaurant named The Spooky House. All I can recall about the place, apart from its name, unsettling architecture, and the horrifying bathroom incident, was that they served a pretty dang good rack of ribs. I remember the outing wasn't planned, and we decided to pop out just after they picked me up from school, around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So being a weekday and after the lunch rush, the place was pretty quiet. This will be relevant later. The restaurant was, as the Americans might say, a homely mom-and-pop type place run by a sweet older couple who did their own catering and situated in a slightly renovated suburban house. There was something inherently weird about sitting at a restaurant table that was once someone's living room. Yes. Sidebar, there is a restaurant near where my parents live that is very similar to this, where it looks like it's a Chinese restaurant that it looks like they just converted someone's 70s house into a restaurant and it is buck wild. I love it. It's extremely good and fun. We I I've been there only while already drunk four more drinks and 
I had an extremely positive impression of the place when we left. Uh, they make incredible Mai Tais and there is wood paneling everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Needing the bathroom while we were waiting for our food, I politely asked the waiter where I could find the ladies' room. He directed me to a staircase and on the top landing, there were a couple of fully furnished bedrooms and at the end of the hall, uh. my porcelain Graceland. That's a very cute name for a bathroom. The entire upstairs floor was eerie. Due to the narrow and enclosed staircase, all of the downstairs hubbub was softly muffled, and the quiet emanating from the bedrooms made me feel like I'd stepped into someone's private home uninvited. Shaking off the weird feeling, I went off to the loo to do my business. As I sat down, I noticed the bathroom was quite big. I couldn't touch the sink or the door when seated, and it made me feel a little vulnerable for some reason. Like, what if someone accidentally tried opening the door? There was no key in the lock or bolt on the door, so I'd have a bit of trouble trying to block it with my limbs come an unfortunate intrusion. With that in mind, I found myself with a little bit of performance anxiety. Fair. While trying to calm down and think liquid thoughts, I nearly shot right off the bowl when I heard the small, hesitant tapping on the door. Someone's in here, which I read in a John Mulaney voice for some reason. Uh, I called with a huff. Bad enough that I couldn't go since I'd creep myself out, now I had to contend with a cue. The knocking sounded again, and this time I noted that it was coming from about a third ways up the door. Perfect kid height. I, I'm in here, I called again, a voice a little more shaky with nerves, shivering on the toilet seat. No answer, but I heard a soft giggle. Immediately, I switched from nervous to downright irritable. Damn kid, I thought angrily, still trying to relieve myself to no avail. It was like my bladder had suddenly decided to stop working, despite the obvious capacity. The giggles sounded again and the knocking increased in speed and intensity. This little brat was really messing with me now. In a huff, I gave up on my fruitless endeavor and stood up, washed my hands, and angrily stomped to the door. The knocks were still playfully and insistently sounding as I grabbed the handle, ready to throw the door open and teach this brat some manners. With the strength of an infuriated teen, I threw my weight into it as I yanked on the handle, not caring if I whacked the brat on the other side with the swinging door. For goodness sakes, I... The landing was completely empty. Yeah! Just like that, no knocking, no scampering footsteps, no soft childlike giggles as I peered around in disbelief. Only the musty, carpeted quiet of the completely empty upstairs landing. Silence. Dead silence. But did Shan get to pee? <laughs> I must have stood there for nearly a minute in quiet shock as waves of undulating horror poured over me. I didn't understand what had just happened, and now I wasn't so sure I needed to pee anymore. It was only after I'd crept back to the table in silence, finished my meal, and sat down in the backseat of my dad's Land Cruiser when I dared ask the question that had been sitting in the back of my throat. As we trundled off home, I quietly let out, Dad, why do they call it the spooky house? My dad and his girlfriend chuckled good-naturedly and had a little light-hearted laugh as they explained the so-called reason behind the name. As mouth-to-mouth -mouth gossip went, the house was bought by the previous owners who warned the restaurant couple that there were a couple of spirits hanging about, most prominently a little girl who had met a mysterious and tragic end. The story of the haunted house apparently became a bit of a selling point for the restaurateurs, and they decided to honor it with the new name. Supposedly, the little spirit was well known among the staff for causing a whole bunch of mischief. Pots and pans would suddenly be thrown off of walls, cabinets would open and close of their own volition, and 
Famously, one time, all of the fresh produce had been removed from its boxes and strewn all over the floor in the middle of the night. The poor head chef had been beside himself at the mess. Oh my. Apparently, the hauntings had escalated to such a degree that the old couple found that they could not keep casual cleaners and other kitchen staff for more than a couple of weeks and kept having to find new hires after staff would refuse to pitch back up to work on the basis that the spirit was so volatile they couldn't be guaranteed that they wouldn't come to any physical injury. Ooh. Yeah, I, that's that's a big deal. I want to be protected when I go deal. to my work. Yeah. I could tell my dad and most of the patrons who visited didn't really believe these tall tales. It was still a well-loved restaurant in our small community and was quite popular for live music nights and family dinners. However, I still remember taking note of all of the people at the other tables the day of my experience and how not one of the few families had had any small children with them at all. So then, who was knocking on the bathroom door? And why couldn't they just fucking let me wee in peace? Needless <laughs> to say, I haven't been back since. But, <laughs> but, uh, she does also write that I'm not entirely sure if Spooky House is still operational, but if COVID ever gives me the chance to investigate, I'll be ready to brave it for those delicious rips. But I have an update. Ooh. I forgot this was an update email. Yeah. This is an update email. Uh, this is a, a, a secondary story from Shan, which I loved so much that I was like, oh, well, we have to do it in the update. Hell yeah. You'll never guess who was screaming in the middle of the forest. Spoiler alert, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, boy. She writes, it's Chan here writing in with another creepy story from my homeland of Zimbabwe. My life force has been sustained recently by spirits as I count down the days to Christmas leave. As I stood doing the dishes and listening to one of the most recent Hometown Urban Legends episodes regarding a fey doggo and ghostly cow pens. You remember that one, Amanda? I do. I was viscerally reminded of a creepy experience I had many years ago, but I had all but forgotten. It was autumn this side of the hemisphere in 2011. The days were definitely shortening, and whilst it was really nice out up until the late afternoon, temperatures would drop really fast come nightfall. My three best friends and I were celebrating a long weekend in Nyanga, staying at a campsite at the base of one of the mountains alongside a deep river. I loved that place. One of my friend's parents had shares of a cozy couple of cabins at least 20 kilometers out of the town center, and they'd taken us out there to spend a couple of days of hiking, bird watching, fishing, and tubing down the river's gentle rapids in the blown up inner tubes of an old tractor tire. That sounds fun. We were 16 and thought we were on top of the world. Good setup here. Being a fit bunch comprising of the school's rowing captain, myself, two track athletes, and a girl with two brothers, we considered ourselves above average in terms of muscle power, endurance, and tenacity. One afternoon, four of us girls decided to take one of the most challenging hiking trails that led up to the campsite. The day was amazing. The forest was full of critter life. The trees surrounding us grew so tall we couldn't see the tops. The rocky granite outcrops speaking of a millennium of history in their balancing formations. Side note, Google Zimbabwe balancing rocks to see what I mean. You won't be disappointed. All with the comforting gurgle of the deep river at our side. A comfort to know that as long as we could find it again, we could follow it downstream to home. That is a good plan. Good job, gang. Don't get lost in the woods. I want to go to these woods. After much giggling and 16-year-old banter, including throwing fallen tree leaf mulch at each other and challenging one another to climb a tree the fastest, we reached the summit of a small hill slash mountain after a long hike and sat down to enjoy the sun 
touching the horizon. Do you see where I'm going with this? Because that was the problem that we in our pubescent hubris had not taken into account. The sun was setting. We were on top of a mountain and the sun was setting. We'd been walking for hours in the direction opposite to bed, warmth, and safety. And the sun was setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, being the wet blanket mother hen of the group, predictably was the one who started to freak out first. We were four idiot teenage girls on top of a mountain in deep rural Nyanga, where cell phone towers were unheard of in the rapidly encroaching darkness. We'd miscalculated the time of the sun going down now that it was approaching winter, and as you guessed it, we all started to panic a bit understandable. Fortunately, we managed to scrounge up one brain cell between the four of us and take the shortcut back to camp by following the river downstream. This would cut short the path we'd taken up considerably, but we'd be walking the last stretch in darkness for sure, waiting to be chewed out by my friend's mom down at the bottom. With much courage, we grabbed hands in a chain to avoid slipping, and I was the holder of the single phone, a blackberry torch, ironically, and led us with what little light we had down the path to salvation. Oh boy. Shan, this is so good. I'm glad there was a plan. I'm so nervous for them. The forest that had been our playground now loomed over our heads, deeply unsettling. The thing about forests is that the leaf mulch and tree trunks make sound seem weird. The strange dampening and reverberating effects can disorient you immensely. Things can sound closer or further away than they actually are. The only constant was the rushing river at our side guiding us home. The blackness of the forest engulfing us was terrifying. We heard strange rustlings and large animal footsteps, much bigger than the birds and the lizards we had seen while the light was up. The nocturnals were coming out to play, and we weren't so sure we wanted to be around when they did. Being Zimbabwe, slap bang in the middle of Southern Africa, we have a lot of crazy wildlife. Many big cats hang out around these mountains, and though I know they'd be more scared or put off by four trembling idiots scurrying home, I can safely say that we were all rather allergic to large teeth and claws on the best of days. So suffice to say, we were kind of on edge. It'd been what felt like hours that we'd been following the river and the sky had turned inky black. The four of us trudged silently, sweaty hands gripping sweaty hands. In the front, I paused when I heard what sounded like humanish steps leisurely following behind us. The steps stopped as soon as we did. Nervously, without a word, I started to quicken the pace. The footsteps resumed, but now sounded like they were at our side, but we couldn't see anything through the dense tree trunks. One of us whimpered, it may have been me, and we halted again, trying to see if the steps would move ahead and leave us alone. To our horror, they stopped just ahead of us, though it was hard to tell due to the dampening effects of the trees and the floor. Then, from the opposite bank of the river, I heard something that made my stomach drop. My hands turned to ice, and my fight-or-flight or freeze instincts activate, rendering me frozen. The blood-curdling, guttural scream of a small child. Oh no. The worst kind of scream, arguably. The worst part was that it sounded like a child, but not quite. Almost like something pretending to be a child, imitating the haunting cries of a young Mm -mm. one in pain. And then it got worse. No. Then it got worse. No. From further down the riverbank on our side this time came a returning scream. It sounded like someone was getting their foot chopped off saw style. 
Again, the cries echoed across the valley to one another, awful, high-pitched, childlike cries of pain, as if a number of tortured souls were crying up from Tartarus, begging to be set free from their endless torment. To this day, I've never heard such a horrifying, haunting sound. It made me want to pull my hair out, to put my head in my knees and sob. We stood frozen, all four of us thinking that this was possibly where we met our end. And how would anyone ever explain this to our poor parents when or if they found our dismembered corpses? The footsteps returned in the woods just ahead, and this time the scream sounded right in front of us. Loud, unrelenting, less than five meters away. I wanted to die. This was it. This I was so frozen in fear that there was no way I could make it out alive. Now, with the light on the torch, we saw the awful creature that could make such horrendous, tortured, human-like calls. A cow. <laughs> now, I'm an animal lover at heart. I have many cats and an old dog with his own spooky tales to tell for another email. But then and there, I thought I was going to go to jail for bovine assault. Never in my life have I wanted to physically punch an animal for scaring the absolute shit out of me. The stupid thing stood in front of us, blinking its big dopey eyes in anticipation. Across the bank, the other cows screamed out their hellos, and we finally got our blood flowing again and were able to push past the hauntingly eerie choir and make it the last couple hundred meters home. Good God. After a terrifying berating from our campsite parents, I managed to resist the urge for cardiac recitation and ask what the hell was the deal with those spooky mountain cows? Why are they screaming? Why do they sound like that? My mom had grown up on a dairy farm, so I was a good 110% sure that cows were not supposed to scream the way that that herd did. As it turns out, due to the steep wooded and mountainous land that the rural cattle roam about on, the cows had developed rather differently than uh, those found on the flat grazing farmland. They were naturally smaller than your usual farm cow, adapting to the way that could adapting the way to more easily maneuver through dense forest trees. Their haunting shrill cries developed as a means to better communicate through all the natural noise-dampening forest. The high-pitched screams travel better through the trees than the traditional moos, so the herd can communicate even through the forest. Jesus. As to why they were following us along the path, pretty much all the cows up that side belong to local farmers and are accustomed to free-range herding. They just thought we were their friends. <laughs> Anyways, I hope that if you ever find yourself deep in the Zimbabwean forests of Nyanga and hear terrifying screams late at night, let's just hope it's a friendly herd of forest cows. Incredible. What a journey. Yeah. Uh, and Shan finishes with, stay creepy, stay moo. <laughs> Shan, you can write us as many times as you wish. That was so wonderful. I do want to read all of your emails, Shan. Please send them. Incredible. Yeah. I still want to visit Zimbabwe, great. maybe not that particular forest, or if That's so, I fair. will just say to myself, it's a cow, it's a cow, it's a cow, it's a cow. It's incredible. I, I love that story so much. And Shan's a great storyteller, and I'm sorry uh, scary things keep happening to her. Yeah. Well, I feel like we have reconnected with conspirators. We reconnected with some some creepy tales. We have some wonderful, creepy, cool, funny suspenseful energy to take us through the rest of this month of hometowns. It's great. Second chances. I love it. I love it so much. 
So yeah, we're super excited for this month of Urban Legends. Uh, we've got three more episodes uh, through January, and I think you're gonna uh, be excited to see what we come up with for the uh, for the for the themes of all of them. If you're not scared by a month of Urban Legends, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs just October for scary stuff? We're going to start the year off right. And that's with uh, adrenaline and catharsis, hopefully. And uh, reminding you that if you hear a scream in the woods, it probably is just a cow. Or at least you can tell yourself that. And reminding you to stay creepy. Stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors at functionofbeauty.com slash spirits. You will save 20% off your first order at stitchfix.com slash spirits. You'll get 25% off when you keep your whole fix and at betterhelp.com slash spirits. You'll get 10% off your first month of counseling. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.